We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. You are listening to Rotoviz Radio, a fantasy football podcast with your host, Matthew Friedman. Hey everyone, I'm Matt Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle of the Action Network and Rotoviz. Welcome to a special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Today we are talking about the Carolina Panthers. Since the NFL Combine, I have been doing interviews with beat reporters talking about team needs, free agency, draft rumors, basically everything. For this episode though, we had scheduling issues with various beat reporters for the Panthers and we couldn't find a time that worked this week to record. Uh, so for this episode, which might be the last episode released in the series, just a couple of days before the draft, it is going to be me, just me, talking about the Panthers and their draft situation. Uh, and since this is coming out the week of the draft, I probably won't talk for long because who has time to listen? So before we jump into this, I'd like to remind you that you can get a listener's only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all the premium NFL content on the site, and it supports the pod. Okay, everything with the Panthers really seems to start with Cam Newton, who is still one of the best fantasy quarterbacks in the game. In his seven NFL seasons, he's had 16 game campaigns five times. In each of those, he's been a top four fantasy quarterback for the season. So... That is spectacularly elite. 
In the two other years, which were impacted by injuries, he missed a couple of games. He was a mid-quarterback too, which isn't bad. Right, so a healthy Newton is an MVP level type of player, especially because of his Konami code ability to produce at an elite rate as a runner. But he might, this year, have literally the worst supporting cast of his career. Christian McCaffrey is good, but the team spent a top 10 pick on him. And to this point, he's been more of a satellite back and receiver than a pure runner. His running (coughs) will almost certainly improve this year, right? A lot of running backs uh, make a big jump in efficiency from year one to year two. Um, Le'Veon Bell, for instance, as a rookie, he wasn't really all that great as a runner. He was much better in his second year. Um, But McCaffrey still needs help. Right, He is not a workhorse-style type of runner, just in terms of how he is built. He did it in college, right? so maybe the team really could look to use him as you know, its lead back, as a, a kind of true lead back. But I think it is likely that at some point, another running back is going to take some of the work. Right, The team could add a mid-round back uh, who takes some of the projected running load from McCaffrey. I think that would be a good thing, both for the team and for McCaffrey. And there are a number of very good running backs available in this class, in that mid-round draft range. If you're listening to this, you know who those guys are. You can check out my running back rankings at Fantasy Labs for more uh, for more details on those guys, right? But you know who they are. Um, Rashad Penny, right? He would. I think he would be great in basically like any offense, any situation, right? I think he would function very well. Royce Freeman, Nick Chubb, for the people who like Sonny Michelle and Ronald Jones, fine. Maybe someone even like Jalen Samuels, right? He could be interesting, right? Because he is an all-around guy in terms of his his skill set, right? Maybe even someone like Josh, Josh Adams, right, from Notre Dame, he might slip a little bit in the draft, you know, but he's a big-bodied guy with some pretty decent athleticism, right, he could be someone. The point is that in this draft, there are running backs available who can be acquired fairly cheaply, who could be pretty good, I'd say at a minimum, supplemental players to Christian McCaffrey, and who could help the team, but who may be could become lead backs and who could, you know, I don't want to say reduce McCaffrey to the role he had last year, but who could keep him in that receiving back role. I think that would probably be good for the team. The team needs another runner at wide receiver. Man, it is bad. These, these wide receivers are so unproven. Devin Funchess, Devin Funchess is the number one. Right, and he is still incredibly inconsistent, and he's on the final year of his contract. Torrey Smith is old and slowing down. Jarius Wright is small, and he's never been able to be more than a wide receiver three. Curtis Samuel is intriguing, but he's coming back from a broken bone in his ankle and ligament damage, and there is no timetable for his return. Right, that sounds horrible. That there is no timetable for his return. Uh, so a guy who missed so much 
of his rookie year did almost nothing. Now we really don't know what's going on for his second year. It feels, you know, for a guy who is very comparable to Percy Harvin entering the draft process, uh, his situation feels very Harvin-esque. And then on the depth chart, you have Russell Shepard and Demir Bird. Man, I mean, this team needs a wide receiver. It might go after one in the draft. And I actually have them taking one in round one of my most recent mock drafted fantasy labs. Um, you know, But they just took Samuel in round two last year. Who knows if they actually will go after a running back, sorry, a, 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 a wide receiver with a premium pick um, because they have needs at other places. And then even if they do draft a wide receiver in the first round, it's kind of unlikely that that guy will make a big impact in his first year. It is hard for wide receivers to make rookie year impacts in the NFL. It's just, it's hard for them to do it. It's a tough position to play. Um, So even if they go with a wide receiver in round one, who knows what impact that makes for the team. And it's probably likely that they will opt to acquire a wide receiver in the middle rounds instead of the first round. Uh, Again, because this team has other needs (laughs) that might be more pressing, such as the offensive line. Oh man, last year this offensive line was so bad. The Khalil bros at left tackle and center, they both had horrible years. Um, Matt Khalil, uh, At left tackle, had a 50.8 pro football focus grade. Ryan Khalil had a 46.6. They were also weak at the guard positions. Daryl Williams at right tackle was great. Had an 86.5 PFF grade. The third highest tackle grade in the league last year. Uh, He was strong uh, as a blocker in the running game and the passing game. But he plays on the right side. Like... Who cares? It's a luxury to have a strong right tackle. It's nice, but what about the blind side? Right? So they have like one useful guy out of out of five spots on the offensive line. It's not good. So Newton needs a lot of help. And then you add in the fact that tight end Greg Olson is transitioning into the Jason Witten part of his career and the team has no viable <coughs> no viable backup behind him. Right, the team has offensive needs all over. And defensively, I mean, the team is good. Let, let's look at the good things that this team has going on. Up front, they are good. Kawan Short, Dontari Poe, that's a pretty strong duo in the middle of the defensive line. And then Mario Addison, Wes Horton, Julius Peppers, those guys are strong off the edge. Right there, front four, that is good. And the linebackers are strong with Keekley in the middle. And then you have Thomas Davis and Shaq Thompson on the outside. But they, and so you just look at, at the, the front seven that they have. They were strong against the run last year. Right? They held teams to the third fewest rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. That, I mean, they were good. The problem was the secondary. It was bad, right? It added Ross Cockrell at corner and Norris Searcy at safety. So it has two new starters. They should theoretically be an upgrade, but that might not be the case. right? It's not always easy to integrate new players into a secondary. It might take them some time to learn the system. Mike Adams was good last year at safety, but he's 37 years old, right? He could slow down at any point or suffer an injury. The The team still has James Bradbury as his number one corner. I, I don't even know what to say about him. 
Last year, he was roasted like a peanut. He had a 42.4 PFF grade. He was strong as a rookie. So there's the possibility that he could find his form. Uh, and that maybe, you know, years later when he's having a, a storied career, right, his sophomore season will just, you know, look like an outlier. But right now, he's a guy who is coming off a really bad year. And I don't know if the team can really trust him. Right, The team traded away Daryl Worley, um, who's actually now a free agent. Maybe they could add him back if they wanted, but he's going through issues. I don't think that they're going to touch him. The team has Captain Munnerlin, Munnerlin in the slot. He was bad last year. Um, you know, 48.3 PFF graded. Now he's 30 years old. So this secondary is just horrendous, right? It could be really bad. It, if the team is looking to build the defense through the draft, it should definitely focus on the secondary. Uh, the secondary... You know, potentially, you think things might be better because they added a couple of players. But things maybe could be just as bad or worse, right? Just based on the the unit that they have, right? They could actually be worse than they were last year. So you look at all these needs. The team has set a quarterback. But Newton is not consistent, even if over the season he is productive. And he needs to be kept healthy. And his offensive line is one of the worst in the league. So his health is, you know, a little uncertain. And he has a shaky pass-catching unit and an aging tight end. You know, that's not great. Um, So offensively, they're going to need to do some things to help him. And then defensively, they need to get stronger stopping the pass. So you look at all those things. And then you look at the rest of the NFC South. Matt Ryan in the Falcons. Drew Brees in the Saints. Jameis Winston in the Buccaneers. Those are three very good teams led by three good quarterbacks who are paired at a minimum with three competent coaches. No matter what the Panthers do in the 2018 draft, they are a sneaky underdog to be the worst team in the division in maybe a team with a top 10 pick in 2019. And that is going to do it for this Panthers-focused special edition of Rotoviz Radio. Be sure to check out the episodes for all the other teams on Rotoviz and the podcast feed. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt at the Oracle. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this special edition of Rotoviz Radio, the flagship Rotoviz podcast. Special thanks to Hassan Rahim, the producer for this episode, and to Colm Kelly, the assistant executive producer for the podcast channel. Please review the show on iTunes under the Road of His Radio feed. Contact us via email, roadofhisradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Road of His at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, roadofhis.com slash podcast. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes to take a spirit animal quiz online. Please be the cheetah. Please be the cheetah. And learn your animal isn't the cheetah, but the far less appealing blobfish. Oh, come on. To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 blobfish minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to GEICO. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. 
This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community.